This is the Power Breakfast Show podcast series. Podcast series. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital. If you said, this is your news bulletin from Power 102 Digital. No confirmed monkeypox cases after increased testing for the virus. Registered Nurses Association thankful for government's news to financially reward Ministry of Health frontline personnel. The Barbados government denies reports that the Prime Minister was involved in a plane accident. And in the U.S., a police chief accused of botching the response to the fatal shooting in Uvalde, Texas, has been sacked. Details in a moment. News to 7 o'clock on Power 102 Digital. I'm Avril Sintel Bab. Good morning. Trinidad and Tobago continues to record negative cases of monkeypox. This is the situation after 12 samples were tested. Minister of Health Terence Dial Singh made the disclosure while addressing the weekly COVID 19 news briefing on Tuesday. Guyana recorded, or rather on Wednesday, Guyana recorded its first case of the virus recently. On July 5th, Jamaica confirmed its first case of monkeypox. Minister Dayal Singh also gave an overview of the spread of the virus globally. I can report that we have sent 12 samples for testing. To date, all 12 samples are negative. Uh, sample number 13 is being run as we speak. Um, hopefully that will be negative, but we keep our fingers crossed. On the global scene, there are now 38,888 cases in 93 countries. 38,888 in 93 countries. With Europe um, constituting 51% of those cases, the Americas to which we belong, 48% and Two deaths reported in the Americas and 1% in Africa. So that is global distribution by region of monkeypox cases. Thankful and cautiously optimistic is how the Trinidad and Tobago Registered Nurses Association has described the government's announcement to financially reward Ministry of Health frontline personnel who worked during the COVID-19 pandemic. Responding to the news in a News Power Now interview on Wednesday, TTRNA President Eddie Stewart said it is not the first time promises on this issue have been made to the workers by the government. Mr. Stewart said he is aware of this promise being made about three times before. Mr. Stewart said the time is now right for it to materialize. Prime Minister would have given us that assurance directly when we had a, a meeting with the Prime Minister in 2020, just prior to the national election. He gave us that commitment that the wrongs of, of demonstrations we were engaging at that time, that the government is going to do something for the nurses. However, that was not materialized in 2020, nor it was materialized in 2021, when also he gave that commitment. It's about the third or fourth time we have heard that statement. So while we are appreciative of the statement, we hope it finally materializes at this budget presentation. There is also a desire by Mr. Stewart for nursing and midwifery personnel now in temporary positions to be made permanent and outstanding increments, gratuity and pension payments to be settled. 
because a number of our members are currently temporarily employed with the government despite actually holding on permanent employment positions. And that bill is a massive bill within itself. And then additionally, we also hope that outstanding increments that are owed to nursing and military personnel, outstanding gratuity payments that are owed, outstanding pension payments that are owed to workers. All of those outstanding costs probably amounting to close to in excess of $500 million, we hope, is finally made by the government. Trade unions warn they will not settle for any figure during the negotiations with the chief personnel officer, which does not give a true reflection of the three outstanding periods. The position was highlighted by President of the Contractors and General Workers Trade Union, Ermin Beek Mead. The Labour leader made the comment while speaking during the Movement for Social Justice talk virtual series this week. Debeek Mead said the unions will accept a fair amount during the collective bargaining period. She said the rising cost of living is one of the factors why the 4% presented at the collective table cannot be accepted. We are not accepting what is placed on the table at all because that is not a proper representation for the past periods where these workers would have been waiting for three periods. There's three outstanding periods. Everything that has gone up during that period and the government is now coming to the table and giving the CPU a 4% to present to workers, the working class of Trinidad and Tobago. That is a total disrespect. And that does not represent not even the first period, the first period of 2014 to 2016. We will win this victory. This is the level of confidence being expressed by the Scrap Iron Dealers Association towards the decision by government to ban the export of scrap iron for the next six months. Association President Alan Ferguson made the comment while speaking at the start of Wednesday's motorcade from the Brian Lara Cricket Academy to Port of Spain. Mr. Ferguson is remaining optimistic that progress will be made in the struggle against injustice and oppression. I'm pleased in my heart because I know we will win this victory. I am telling you, we will win this victory. Because no matter what, God sees everything and God knows everything. God will see and God don't like evilness and wickedness against people. God will help that. So I know we will get victory. But what I want to deal with today is on all the speech that takes place. You all know what's taking place in this industry. What my speech is today is about us. Joining together, joining with one another together to stop this evil act and other acts that take place in this country. He noted the importance of unity and togetherness in the bid for improved conditions. Take away everything from us until we can buy books, we can buy feed, and we can buy food for his family. That is what you need to say. Because let me tell you something, they will take away the books to Because a lot of we Going on the house, so we mean that we can't even self pay our bills. What my speech is today is about us joining together, joining with one another together, 
Meanwhile, Prime Minister Dr. Keith Rowley has defended the scrap iron export ban. Speaking on Tuesday's People's National Movement's meeting in Belmont, Dr. Rowley cited cable cutting, fences, manhole covers, church bells, items of heritage, water lines, and theft of the Piaco International Airport's aviation fuel bond gate, where a lighted match could have caused great destruction. He noted that theft of certain steel could affect a transformer. And shut down Trinidad and Tobago and added, quote, what is the government supposed to do? Say you're making an honest living? Shut TNT down? Saying police can't be placed at every TNT pole or manhole cover, Dr. Rowley said that he had no cocoa in the sun, adding that what has TNT in this situation is not who is the national security minister or which party is in office. The Beetham Gardens man who was fined $400 for kicking water on then Laventil MP Fitzgerald Hines was killed by police on Tuesday night. Police shot Richard Snake Marcel after they claimed he shot at them while they were on patrol in an unmarked car. Police said they found a rifle after the shooting, which happened near the Police Social and Welfare Association gas station. Marcel, 35 of 17th Street, was charged with assault by beating and use of obscene language for the 2018 attack on Hines and Councillor Akil Ordain. Only Hines filed a police complaint. The two men had visited the area after days of flooding and were chased by residents who kicked and threw flood water on them. You are listening to news on Power 102 Digital to 7 o'clock. The Barbados government has denied reports that Prime Minister Mia Motley was aboard an aircraft in Guyana that was involved in an accident at the Eugene F. Carrera Ogle International Airport on Sunday. On Tuesday, a number of news reports in regional media outlets stated that a plane carrying Prime Minister Motley and Guyana President Ali skidded off the taxiway after landing, prompting a response from emergency personnel. However, a statement from Prime Minister Mia Motley's office said the Prime Minister's office wishes to make it absolutely clear to Barbadians that at no time during her recent overseas trip was Prime Minister Amor Motley on a plane that was involved in any accident. In the U.S., a police chief accused of botching the response to the fatal shooting of 19 school children and two teachers in Uvalde, Texas, has been sacked. The local school board voted unanimously to fire Pete Arredondo, who had been on leave since June. His lawyer said in a written statement that he had been unaware anyone was inside the classrooms with the shooter. The firing came three months to the day since the attack and two weeks before the new school term begins. The attack on Robb Elementary School on 24th May was the deadliest U.S. school shooting in nearly a decade. Many parents and relatives have expressed deep anger at the police response and there has been growing pressure for law enforcement to be held accountable. 
Finally, here is your weather news for the period today until midnight. Trinidad and Tobago, partly cloudy to cloudy with occasional showers over some areas. There's a medium chance of thunderstorm activity, mostly settled night despite few isolated showers. Gusty winds and street flooding can occur in the event of heavy showers or thunderstorms. Seas slight to moderate, waves up to 1.5 meters in open waters, below 1 meter in sheltered areas. Look out for a forecast maximum temperature of 32 degrees Celsius at Piaco International Airport and 31 degrees Celsius at Crown Point in Tobago. It is currently 24 degrees Celsius at both localities. Recapping your headlines to 7 o'clock. No confirmed monkeypox cases after increased testing for the virus. Registered Nurses Association thankful for government's news to financially reward Ministry of Health frontline personnel. The Barbados government denies reports that the Prime Minister was involved in a plane accident. And in the U.S., a police chief accused of botching the response to the fatal shooting in Uvalde, Texas, has been sacked. I'm Afril Sintelba. That was news to 7 o'clock on Power 102 Digital. Look out for more news in detail coming up at 12 noon and your news update coming up at 8 o'clock this morning. Up to date and credible. Power 102 Digital. Recording in progress. The heart is a blow. Shoots up through the stony ground. There's no room. No space to win in this town You're out of luck And the reason that you had to care The traffic is stuck And you're not moving anywhere You thought you'd found a friend To take you out of this place Someone you could lend a hand in return Oh, that's what it is. 24 degrees, as Amy said, in both Piaco and Crown Point in Tobago. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us in the second hour of the Power Breakfast Show. All right. Uh, of course, our guest is online already. But before we get to Mr. Gary Griffith, um, Richard Rich, let's get the results of our morning poll, shall we? Do you have it there? I got... Uh, Let's see if I have any more here. Let me just check, 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 one, two, check, one, two. All right, no, I don't. All right, the results of morning poll, Richie Rich. Gary, you have the results? You have the results? Why am I not hearing anybody? You hearing me, Gary? I'm not hearing you. Recording stopped. Oh, there you are. Okay. Well, Rich. Not yet. There you go. People, yes. 
Rich, I don't know why you cut it in and out completely. Check your connection for your mic. Uh, no, you're still cutting. Uh, Gary, unmute for a minute and see if I can hear you properly. And I don't know what's going on here. You, right. Yeah. Can you hear me now? I'm hearing you good. Yeah, Rich, the problem is on your side. All right. Let me hear you now, Rich. You were fine before the news, so I don't know what happened. Yeah, you, you, you're going very low under this. I don't know what's going on. All right, let me hear you. Have the result you pulled? Maybe you can hear that. People on the poll this morning, 23 said yes. No, 23 said no, sorry. Three said yes. So 23 people said no. They don't think that it's going to um, um, be a improvement of votes. Um, three people said yes. All right. I don't know what device you're using now, but um, all right. So there you go. 23 said no and 3 said yes. That was our poll. Um, uh, Gary Griffiths, good morning to you. How are you doing? Hi, good morning. Fine, thanks. So what was the poll again? The poll was, let me just get it, pull it up. I cleared it off already. Let me pull it back up here. The poll was, do you expect an improvement in the conditions of the nation's roadways in a con um, consistent manner, given the Prime Minister's suggestions? Yeah. Okay. Is it a yes or no, Gary? Not okay. <laughs> no comment. You're pretty fifth. No All right. No problem. All right. We just have uh, uh, Wendell is off today. Paul is off to a meeting. So it's just um, you have uh, uh, Richard and myself this morning. And of course, Ruben find, is in this um, every, Good morning, Toronto. I find every time that I'm on Wendell, always duck and run. He reminds me. Now he's off, he's off Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah, I find that kind of coincidential. What happened? He being directed by the hierarchy of the PNM or whatever. How come every time I'm on Wendell absent? He'll call you just now. You wait and see. <laughs> you wait and see. Anyway, good morning to you. How are things going? Fine, thank you. Good morning. Excellent. Rich? I'm, I'm trying to log on. I just need somebody to let, let me in. And Ruben will let you in. Oh, okay. All right. So, Gary... Your thoughts on, on the comments of the Prime Minister? He said, you know, he picked you. I don't know what are your thoughts on that comment. Let me see if I could find it here. I know I had it somewhere. I had it pull up. I had to do a reset, and I think I lost it yesterday, 24th. Yeah. Anyway, your, your thoughts on his comments yesterday, Gary? Well, again, um, good, good morning again, um, Richard, Stephen, Stephen Trinidad and Tobago. Listen, he's the prime minister. He's a citizen of Trinidad and Tobago. He has a right to have his view. That is his view. That is his right. And he would pay. He will take responsibility for his decision. Um, if it is, a, it is a political price he has to pay, so be it. So I am not going to get involved in a cat fight with the prime minister. I, I made a, a video yesterday just to mm -hmm. clarify certain things. Um, what I do think is it's unfortunate, uh, my personal view, that in a situation now in this country where we are seeing bloodshed, um, we are seeing concerns about healthy economy, um, national security, you spend 95% of your time on a platform two days ago attacking political opponents and having um, persons high five when it is you make I mean, very disgusting comments 
pertaining to uh, to a female and um, as as it pertains to uh, something that affected her, and you bring this back up, which again is a situation as it pertains to possible revenge porn, and then we have a mayor of Port of Spain high-fiving someone who actually did a release just two weeks ago, voicing her their disgust in the women's arm about um, how it is you deal with, with dealing with women. Uh, so with the prime minister, I think he needs to really step back, sit back and accept the fact that, listen, this is not about him. He's, he's letting his ego and his personality get the better of him. Um, he's bypassing the fact that he is concerned about, uh, well, he, uh, he accuses me of being his biggest mistake. Not speaking about the present Minister of National Security Performance, not speaking about the present Acting Commissioner of Police Performance. You go back to Gary Griffith. Uh, if somebody could please tell Keith Rowley that I am happily married. He seems to have a tabank over me. He spends more time speaking about me, attacking me, uh, instead of trying to deal with the issues. Uh, I, it, I find it also ironic that he will say that I was his biggest mistake when in March last year, he was in cabinet and he told cabinet that if he could get 10 Gary Griffiths, he could transform the country. And I challenge him to say that that was not true. This is the same prime minister in June last year, he called in Faris. Faris, I cannot lose Gary Griffith. Change the law in, in August to ensure that Gary Griffith will act as commissioner of police when his term ends. So it shows that all the rumshop talk Keith Rowley is stating has nothing to do with my performance. It has nothing to do um, with my delivery to the country. It's a certain person who have whispered in his ears, and I think that is the unfortunate practice we have seen in too many leaders in this country where people whisper to you and you take the beat. Um, he has used the firearm situation. It has fallen flat. After two years, not one arrest, not one suspect, nothing has been done because you can't come with email gate part two with it is rumored, it is alleged, and, and perceived that the country will buy into it. They have not. He is losing more support by pushing that agenda. I am gaining more. I think finally, um, it, it is very unfortunate as well that he will make this comment now when it is that we have a, an independent body presently in the process of selecting and identifying a meritless for commissioner of police. What he has done is basically put the police service commission under the barrel. Um, it, it seems to, it can be seen as dog whistling and it could give them the impression, look, we have to find a way now to reject Gary Griffith from being in the, in the application process, reject him from being recording in progress because it would affect the prime minister's end result and that should not be the case so now even the police service commission are now going to be put in a very delicate position because of the prime minister jumping the gun yeah you know you said you said you said gary that the, the somebody whispered in his ear is it that because you, you're right there seemed to have been very much government support of you in the position um and certainly uh, a substantial amount of the citizenry yeah, like yeah. in the position of commissioner of police but somehow the prime minister seemed to have soured on you. Is it simply an issue of people whispering in his ear? Because, you know, there's some speculation that the firearms report indicates something. I mean, everything is conjecture at this point. Yeah. But there seems to be something that made him sour on you to make such a public announcement, too. And you're right. It, it may be inappropriate in the sense that you have a, a, um, a selection process going on. But it certainly signals... That the government, if, if they're follow, if they're following and falling in line, which they generally always do, um, will not select you, even if you top the merit list. Well, right, I, and that, well, that's two very, very good points there, Richard. So the first thing is, it should not be the, the, the law was made in such a way that after the police service commission has selected a merit list, it goes to parliament. The reason for that is because you have forty-one members of parliament 
who are responsible for the safety and security of those persons in their constituency. So it should not be based on a prime minister or opposition leader um, uh, having a whip over them and directing them how, how to vote. Because any member of parliament is supposed to say, look, I want to make sure that I can select who is the best person as commissioner of police to secure citizens in my constituency, which is why I would expect that the prime minister would lift the whip and the opposition leader and have the 41 members of parliament vote as who they see fit as the best person to secure persons in their constituency. If it is that they do that, the prime minister is going to be in for a shock because there will be several members of parliament that will actually support me. So is he going to be operating a dictatorial manner to direct them based on what he wants? And if that is the case, Richard, it shows this is in total contrast to 89% of the country what they wanted. It is in total contrast to the to the, to, to what it is that was done under, under my watch. So it seems that the, the voice of the people being the voice of God is totally thrown out the window. His view is the only view. And that is unfortunately not the type of leadership that we want. As it but prime ministers generally, to be, to be fair, prime ministers generally uh, have a position or the party usually has a position, which is often the prime minister's position. Yes. Um, party and people fall in line. What you're yeah, talking about there, the like vote your conscience, very seldom happens if at all. It can happen if the, the leaders lift the whip and it gives them yeah. the, the, the permission. But by doing that, all hell is going to break loose. Uh, but we will really see if it is prime minister will do what is right. As it pertains to the firearm, the point is that that is a red herring, and I can verify that. The Prime Minister spoke to me in January last year, voices discussed by one of the individuals sending the, the, a document to the President. And so this thing with the, with the firearm report came before he went in Cabinet and said if he could get 10 Gary Griffiths, he could change around the country in a positive manner. The firearm report came before he went to Faris Alwari and said, change the law to make sure we do not lose Gary Griffith. So that is the point that firearm situation he's speaking about is a lie because the, the, the decisions made by the prime minister, people would have seen us having a good rapport in the opening of the Karanash police station um, and all of the things from you getting the law changed. This was done but, after the firearm report. Well, that would have been one of the firearm reports. That would not have been the report, what, the Stanley what, John what, report. What? Wrong again, Richard. When did he made the decision? Would not have, uh, no. Is that the Stanley John report you're talking about? No, this is the Barrington report, where it was a single individual who wrote a report, which meant it was not an, an official report because there was a two-man committee selected. Only one man signed it. So that is as, as legitimate as Richard Raghubha Singh or anybody just writing a report and giving it to the Prime Minister, similar to Emil Gate. You can't use that as a justification, but that report was the only report that was completed before Prime Minister Keith Rowley turned on me. The Stanley John report came after the fact. So it was only one report. And that one report came in December 2020. In March 2021, he told the country, Gary is the greatest, he told cabinet, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I need 10 of him. He told the AG, change the law because I can't lose Gary. Yeah. So the fire. Have you had have you had sight of that report? No, and, and that the, the, it cannot be um Richard, it would not be given to the country because everything written in that report. Is, it's, it's alleged, it is rumored, and we have heard. That is why after two years, there's not been one suspect, not one person arrested, not one person charged, because it is all a lie. Because there was because when you hire persons who have no law enforcement authority and you put them to write a report and you pay them millions of dollars and they bring something that you may want, and then you leak it to Dennis Ryan and Ria Tate, who's the de facto Minister of Communication for the PNM apparently, and then they come and put out a release, the country is not going to buy it. After two years, who has been held? There's, there's nothing. In fact, the things that we put inside that firearm department was to stop the corruption, and that is what caused the problem. I stepped on toes 
of certain police officers who were involved in the corruption. Am I putting things like the FUL card with the chip that was preventing the corruption? They removed everything after I left to get back into their thriving trade. So Keith Rowley cannot use that as an excuse. He then spoke about the United States with firearms. Again, in my three years, 4,000 firearms were issued out of 50,000 applicants. Half of those were serving and passed law enforcement officials who needed it. And not one was lost. Not one was stolen. Not one was used for a crime. Not one was used for a murder. 100% of all murders committed by firearms have been by illegal firearms. But he has spent more time, effort, resources, and manpower to look after and prevent law-abiding citizens getting legal firearms than criminal elements having illegal firearms. So that is not the issue. The issue is somebody whispered in his ears and he took the beat. Well, he said that you were the biggest mistake he ever made in terms of selecting you as commissioner of police. How much of that is real and connected to your tenure, do you think, in whatever saw with him? I mean, you, in your response or your rebuttal to that speech, you indicated that your, um, certain people would have wanted certain favors you suggested or inferred that there was certain political interference or favors being requested and you acted in an appropriate manner in treating them professionally and that's what you think you stepped on certain tools but is some of it in your mind in terms of analyzing the prime minister saying something like that um in a political forum um saying that you were the biggest mistake is a shot at you figuratively speaking <laughs> um, from a political point of view because he realizes that you now have the nta and he is firing that salvo so to speak partly political and partly from whatever soured him in terms of your tenure yeah no definitely it is a it was a political shot and it has backfired because you're looking at a situation of your biggest mistake as an individual that 89 percent of the country wanted to return as commissioner had no concern your biggest mistake is someone who took crime as number four concern, number one concern when he became commissioner into number four when he left behind health, education, and the economy. Your biggest mistake is someone who took public confidence and trust in the police service from 14% to 55%. And now since I left, it has gone back to 14% odd. Your biggest mistake is someone who was able to be instrumental in assisting in the highest crime reduction in the history of Trinidad and Tobago up until last year when I left. The murder rate was going at 320 per annum because we were getting about 25 to 27 odd murders per annum. As soon as I left, it started going to 60 and 70. The people who claim it was COVID after I left in September, October, November, there was still COVID, there was still public health regulation, there was still a state of emergency, and we're seeing 70 odd murders per, um, per month. So it was not because of COVID. This is what he has seen as a mistake. So what he has done now is try to rally the troops and try to put back the typical political agenda. You see, Richard, let me show my hatred for this individual so that the base of my party will hate him as well. It has backfired. If you look at all of the comments, 90% of the comments in every daily newspaper, the Express wouldn't publish anything I say because they have their agenda. But, but independent newspapers who actually try to be um, balanced you look at all the comments based on on my on my my statement you look at all the comments based on keith rowley's statement 90 percent have condemned him for his statement and it is not about gary griffith richard i don't need a job i do the only reason i applied for this is because 93 percent of the country on told me to reapply as commissioner of police the reason i did not resign from the political as political leader of the nt is because i know as a previous military person you think three steps ahead i know what keith rowley was going to do so there was no need to resign because I know he will rather destroy the PNM. He will rather see the country burn than to do the right thing. 
And this is where I will humbly ask, this is where the religious leaders, the business sector needs to come in and to educate Keith Rowley that this is not about him. I am willing to do what is required to assist Keith Rowley until, uh, while he remains as prime minister to assist the country. Because I don't need a job, but I could definitely advise him that what his minister and his commissioner they are doing is good. This country is going to go down a, ve a very steep precipice and it's not going to get out. I am here uh, to assist well, him. It is for him to decide. Well, I hear you and I know you love to quote percentages, but I don't know how valid those percentages are when you said 93% and 89%. It was, I'll tell you why. Because even your station, because there were 17 media houses that did the polls, and it varied between 86 to 94 percent, inclusive of one or two FM. Do you want Gary Griffith to return? Booyah! Take that. <laughs> well, these are all unscientific polls, but yes, um, but yes, you do. In terms of people that call in, certainly, certainly, the majority of people who vote. Seventeen polls with a ratio of 86 to 93 percent. The margin of yeah. error would be about four percent. Yeah. Okay, sir. Um, <laughs> But the issue, let's if we can if we could redirect the, the the focus of the conversation to the to crime because the, there is certainly a very uh, perception and a very valid perception by the majority of the citizenry and I have no data to prove this but just being on the ground and the sense of how you feel as a citizen there is certainly a there is certainly the majority of citizens. Um, feel that crime has escalated to a new level in terms of home invasions, in terms of murders, in terms of how safe they feel wherever they go, even in their own homes. And I know we've had several conversations with the current commissioner of police acting, and um, and I know he, he indicates the police are doing X, the police are doing Y, the issue of police now um, well, men in uniform, um, police uniforms now committing crimes doing a roadblock and robbing a van of alcohol. Um, you saw one of the businessmen who we spoke to on this program where they appeared outside his gate. So you have all of these things, these optics that are painting a very negative image of the country to its citizens and also externally where we are now rated in the top five per capita in terms of a crime situation how fixable is this and i'm asking this question from the context that we spoke to darius Figuera yesterday um who's a criminologist or criminal 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 um analyst and he was very pessimistic that it could be fixed and of course, I don't think that anything is unfixable, but he, he gave a narrative that was very pessimistic about it being fixed in terms of where the country was at. What's your, your take on it? Because you've been in the belly of the beast, so to speak. Yeah, well, you know, um, I, it, we are the only country, just to, to add, um, to, to put a, a little stick here, we are the only country where our media goes to criminologists to try to ascertain strategies to reduce crime. Only country in the world. Go to any other media. We are the only ones. We go to, uh, do you know the, the meaning of a criminologist is someone who tries to understand the cause of crime, not strategies to reduce crime. But we love to go to criminologists. You go to Daniel Figueroa, if you ask, is the West Indies going to defeat India in the next series? He's going to bring up the Colombian drug cartel because that's what his forty is. Everything is based on that. But we always go to criminologists and the criminologists, all they do <clears throat> for a criminologist to give um, facts, you have to do data. Their research is supposed to be going to prisoners, finding out what it is that caused you to commit a crime, and then you use that to assist 
the law enforcement agencies to utilize the resources. But we go to criminologists. How can a criminologist give you a reason that, that is going to go up or down? He, his job is to understand the cause of crime, but we always go to criminologists instead of law enforcement experts, two totally different things. So to clarify your point, it happened, um, Richard, it happened last year. It took me a year to transform the police service because and what I realized we had to build public trust and confidence. You do that, it is going to cause uh, a synergy that is going to peg back criminal elements because we started getting information, we started getting tips. And with that now, criminal elements started, didn't realize anywhere they went through when it was the 482 Gary, an effective 999 system, it worked, it worked well. That's why that public confidence and trust moved from 14 to 55%. So the things that happened to ensure that every violent crime was reduced by 35% up until August last year can be reignited. There were things that we did to measure performance, make police officers accountable, um, proper management, high visibility, a rapid response. And because of that, the criminal elements, there was no such thing as home invasion up until August last year. You can't say that COVID stopped them from jumping over a wall. There was nothing the, 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 uh, of persons shooting persons in cold blood in broad daylight in the middle of downtown Port of Spain. If there was a state of emergency, then that you will still have access. So it had nothing to do with COVID or whatever. It had to do with deterrence, systems to measure performance, a rapid response, ERP patrols, locking down the country, making sure that if someone decides to shoot someone at residence nightclub, immediately it will trigger the National Operations Center. We will see the ERP vehicles in closest proximity because they held an area of responsibility, which is an AOR, and then they would have been locked in. Criminals understood the product of opportunity was minimized. That is why they pegged back. Now they see there's no fear, there's no deterrent, and the product of opportunity is there. That is all we need to do, reignite. Unfortunately, I have a prime minister, a previous security minister, and an acting commissioner of police that have actually blocked me on their phones as if I'm the enemy. I can help. I can show what was done, and it is just to reignite the 50-odd policies that Jacob has shut down, dismantled, or ignored. The, co the concept of technology was critical. The things that I use in technology to put an end to to, um, to um, kidnapping and so forth. It played a very big part. The criminals didn't know how the heck is Gary Griffith pinpointing these things and, and, and apprehending us. Those are the things that need to be reignited. You don't do that. You're going to cause the criminal elements to continue to pursue and move forward. And that is going to affect the country. So in contrast to the criminologists who said, who said that, we have the systems, we have the policies. Our prime minister now needs to be mature enough to understand we need to circle the wagons and work together. Which is but I mean, I, the business I mean, sector I, has been silent. They have not said a word. They need to step forward, and we need to work together to find a way to communicate rather than to cause confrontation. Yeah, because I mean, it, it's obviously escalating to a new level. Um, that and uh, and Trinidadians and the beginners abroad, the diaspora who listen to this program, um, um, are very. Um, many of them, some of them have indicated that they're reluctant to come back to Trinidad, um, even to visit, because it just seems. I mean, I, I know people who come every year for Christmas because they want to get away from the weather abroad. And some of them are saying, no, not coming this year because Trinidad just seems to be in a new kind of place with regard to crime. And 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 I think for citizens, we just want ego out of it. We want the problem solved and so that we can feel safe to navigate wherever we are going, that we don't always have to be 100% vigilant Um or very hyper-vigilant about issues that maybe I can be robbed or, or is here safe, is here not safe. It's, you know, it affects your quality of life. 
and and I'm not so sure. And and it seems to, to it seems to a lot of citizens watching on when you have the the prime minister making a particular statement. We have interviewed the minister of national security here. We have, in his, we have interviewed McDonald Jacob. And I know there is a certain amount of ego and posturing that comes from different positions naturally. And it's even more um, intensified now. Um, and really, it seems directed at you because you're talking about policies from the National Operations Center that make sense. So is it that all of these things are absolutely now dismantled? Yeah, they've all been shut down. We had 19 persons, some of the best persons and minds available to deal with technology, to deal with human resource, to deal with, with, with management. And he removed all of those persons because Gary Griffith appointed them, which is a typical political thing that happens when, when governments change. Uh, all of the different things we had for technology, measuring performance, making police officers accountable, it has all been shut down. So with that now, we had like a simple example, an ERP patrol vehicle. We had 90 vehicles around the country measure their performance, have the GPS on the vehicle, making sure that they will stay in the area of responsibility. That has gone out the window. So whereas before, people come, my biggest, the biggest concern the public had with Gary Griffith is that they said they were seeing too many blue lights, too many sirens everywhere you turn was a police vehicle. That has now disappeared. And it's not because of the fault of the officers. It's the same officers. But if you don't have systems to make them accountable, they will take the vehicle and park it up. They will not patrol where they're supposed to go. If there's a 999 call, there will not be a two-minute response. And by doing that, it provides the product of opportunity for the criminal elements. So as I said, the systems are all there. We put it in place. It was not going, and you know, again, not speaking about me, but you have one prime minister say that I was the biggest mistake of his life. You have the U.S. ambassador saying that Trinidad and Tobago was blessed to have a commissioner like me. It says a lot. Everybody will have a different view and opinion of individuals. I want to stress, um, Richard, you missed the point. I said it twice. This is a time for us to have communication rather than confrontation. Yeah. Religious leaders, the business sector, the business sector have been silent, but they call me constantly complaining about what is happening, but they do not want all of the chambers. They don't want to say a word because it affects their business. They don't want to get in confrontation with the state. But this is a time you need to stand firm and say, listen, enough is enough. I am willing, as I said, regardless of he being the prime minister, my job is not to destroy him or to, or to affect his job. I am here to help him succeed. That's how I have been trained. And that's the type of politician that I would always be. I will put the country first. I am willing to assist the prime minister to guide him. I don't need a job. I certainly don't. But I, can, I have the capability. God has given me a gift that worked well. And I said, measure me by, my, by, by the number of widows. Measure me because that is what happened. It took me a year. You can't have an acting commissioner of police saying, well, it's not my responsibility. It takes more than one man. Yes, one, one man can change it if you have that political will, if you have the management skill. So what is required is for Keith Rowley to put his ego in his back pocket and be prepared to communicate with persons, regardless of political affiliation, to find the best avenues to turn this around. And I give the assurance to the country. This time last year, this time last year, we had about 11 or 12 murders in, uh, in August. We now have about 55 odd. It has nothing to do with COVID. It has to do with the proper systems we had that have not been used and they have pulled the plug because of lack of understanding 21st century policing. I think there was some analyst, um, maybe it's a criminologist, um, that says, um, I can't remember who it was exactly, who says that we're en route to having the highest murder rate um, record this year. Do you agree with that? Well, yeah, if it continues, it would go, it would go over 600 as you go later on in the year. But as I said, the it takes more than that. It is not just about the murder rate. 
It is the perception and fear of crime that sometimes is just as dangerous as crime itself. There is not a parent in this country that is concerned that when their child goes out, to, uh, they, they cannot go to bed until they get back home. You're seeing what is happening throughout the country. This did not exist this time last year. So the perception that we are seeing that, <clears throat> because again, um, the, the uh, newspaper did an editorial, this has been going on for decades. No, last year, as I said, crime went down to number four concern. And it's because we put so much high uh, visibility, deterrence, rapid response, proper measures for accountability, measuring performance. Anywhere you turn, there was a police vehicle. It was locked down. We had covert operatives. We had systems that caused the criminal elements to say, look, this is difficult for me. Now they feel they can go in broad daylight downtown Port of Spain, outside nightclubs, jump over walls and walk away because they know that the presence is not there. This can turn around, but what we need is for our prime minister, as I said, we can't be working on hate, division, bitterness, confrontation, arrogance. The words we need to start getting in this country is hope, trust, belief, uh, communication and unification. That is the angle I intend to go as a political leader, whether it is be whether it is as a commissioner of police in the future or a prime minister. The words that I intend to use will be totally into transform Trinidad and Tobago. It must start now. We can't wait until three years for an election. Keith Rowley must swallow his um, ego and just do what is right for the country and start having proper dialogue with those persons who can assist him. Well, I, I suppose it's an appropriate point to segue to the NTA. Um, since you kind of gave a little NTA speech there. Um, <laughs> so um, what I, I, I know there is a local government election that is due this, this year. Uh, is it that the NTA is going to be participating in that aggressively? Well, again, um, you know, usually we have political parties that when the boss makes a decision, everybody jumps and says, uh, um, yep, it's inclusive of, of the mayor of Port of Spain yesterday, which is a story I would really like to get involved in, high-fiving, uh, what you call what is can be seen as revenge porn. Um, so the, the NTA definitely, I, I would like to believe that if you form a political party, it is a take part in elections. If you don't do that, then you're not, then you're just an activist group. So I would like to believe that we would do so, but it is a decision that will be made by the interim executive that is now being rolled out as it, as we go along, and they would make that decision along with myself. So it is not me making that directive and everybody just stumping, um, um, slamming the, the table in, in agreement. So hopefully that is what would take place. I think the country needs positive change. That is what we are here for. The perception that, that the NTA is going to be a party that's going to split votes or join up with a party to get rid of the PNM. That's what we're here for. We are here because as a bridge constituency, we intend to, fi to find something that people have lost, which is believe, to believe that we can transform Trinidad and Tobago. There are 150 to 200,000 people that are not PNM or UNC till they're dead. And they make decisions based on who may be the best person to transform Trinidad and Tobago. I intend to make sure that whilst I remain as the interim political leader, whether I become the prime minister or commissioner of police, I will always have my oath in office. As I said um, in a previous um, interview, I have put my hand on the Bible three times for my country as a soldier, as a minister, and as a commissioner of police. And all three, if I will always remember, it is my God, my country, and the people. Politicians forget that. And when they forget that, that is where it is we go downhill. I intend to make sure I keep that oath and I will do what is required that is best for Trinidad and Tobago. Do you think Trinidad and Tobago is a difficult place to govern? Not at all, not at all. It is a beautiful country. Sometimes the people who are put in strategic positions make it difficult. But if it is that we can, why is it? Why is it that it's only Carnival Monday and Tuesday is a great country that we take away hate and racism and bitterness? We have, certain people have deliberately caused division in this country for their own agenda and that must stop. 
You can't do a, a press release, for example, as the PNM women's arm, um, this uh, attacking someone because of speaking about women. But then your political leader goes on a platform and speaks about and brings back to regurgitate something that put that can affect a young lady in what was known as possible revenge porn. And you high fiving um, the mayor of Port of Spain. Shame on you, Mayor Martinez. You are in, you are pleased by what was done by the prime minister making that statement. This was something that happened with a young lady. A video was taken before her marriage to Arnold Roberts. And because of that, it went out viral. She has children, she has parents, she has friends, and you have brought this back up to hurt her. And she did nothing wrong. And you, Camille Robertson Regis, who did a release to speak about protecting women, high five the mayor of Port of Spain. That is what the country must not have. We have to put an end to the, the abuse we have seen about women, elderly, children, every, we have done it so often. And politicians have continued to cause the deliberate division to solidify their base. I intend to do just the opposite. The NT intends to do just the opposite. We intend to unite rather than divide. Well, I know the time is creeping on, on, on us in terms of um, the interview coming to an end. I wanted to just go back to the police service because, in, you know, um, I don't know if you saw that that um, robbery that took place for the businessman's home. It was on the news where these men dressed in police uniform and were outside the gate and searching one of the guys and then jumping over the fence. And they had called him and he said it has to be bandits because police would come to the hardware first. When we interviewed him, that's what he said. Um, but some other experts, inverted commas, who would have sent messages to us, because well, not to me, but to Wendell and Paul, et cetera, um, and, and I think to Steve, indicated that how they moved, either they were militarily trained or they were actual police officers because they were very masked. They were masked, obviously, so you don't know who they were. Um, so I have two questions. One, if you looked at it and you saw, saw it, what's your analysis of it? Actually, I have three questions. Two, um, what is the percentage in your point, because you're a percentage man, you could... Give me, you could give me percentages. What percentage of the TTPS you think is corrupt or rogue? And and um, three, um, it, does the technology exist in Trinidad and Tobago? And I'm linking it to facial recognition software that you can actually tell who is behind a mask. Because, because I think criminals are taking advantage of COVID. Being masked is now legal and legitimate mm -hmm. and they're using it as a tool in terms of um causing terror to citizens does the technology exist to know who's behind a mask so those right. are my three questions there's immense technology that i acquired that can do so much i am not i will it will be inappropriate and unprofessional of me to ever reveal what it is we have what I can state is that um, there's a there's a the type of technology we have can do a lot to transform Trinidad Tobago as it pertains to national security. Mr. Jacob has refused. It's back to the old time days because when sometimes when you do not understand something, you try to dis discard it. Technology is the way to go. I pump technology heavily. Going back to that Natalie Polonese situation, there were police officers involved in it, but we used technology. And again, when you had an elite unit like the Special Operation Response Team that was instrumental in, in, in actually extracting and, and rescuing kidnapped victims, being able to every single week, massive drug busts, raids, um, rescuing people. And now you have it, the National Operation Task Force after four months, I think they have 
only operation successful was to arrest people for selling school books on the side of the street. It says a lot. So there, there is that type of technology, and it, but I'm not going to reveal what it is, but it, there's technology that is there that can assist in reducing crime. As it pertains to the uniform, uh, the training, I don't know if it's criminologists that probably gave you all the information, but anyone can actually be trained based on someone who has the, the military training, because you have seen it all over the world. So by saying that this person is military trained based on how they move, you can have a civilian that can easily understand the systems for how it is you operate, how it is that you deal with counter-revolutionary warfare, how you deal with tactical training without having to be in the army or the police. So because of how the person walked and moved, does that- How calm they were. I think that was one of the issues they were saying, how calm they were. Well, then the reason for that is because of the lack of the deterrent being there. When you look at individuals jumping over walls, when you look at the individual who went to residence nightclub, they are strolling because they know there's no national operation center. There's no operational command center. GPS tracking is not monitoring the ERP vehicles. There's no ERP system again. It's not locked down. You don't have COVID operatives. You don't have undercover. So with all of that, that is why they are moving in that type of a brazen approach because they feel, look, I could do what I want and walk away and there's not going to be a police vehicle. My point is this can transform. We can't change that because the systems are there just to reignite. As it pertains to the uniform, again, going back to the old school, I was pushing Trinidad and Tobago's police service in one direction by transforming in everything. Jacob goes back to the old days, um, bring back the old time days, inclusive of the 1960s colonial gray uniform. That is not going to be the avenue to reduce it. Whoever acquired the initial uniform before me, it was similar to a security guard uniform, that type of blue shirt and a blue pants with boots is the easiest thing to acquire. Security companies have that. What I was getting was similar to the exact brand from NYPD and Boston, where the brand of the uniform actually has a code. It is easier to wear and it has the, the type of systems to allow um, um, the, the acquisition of the minimum use of force to put on the uniform, which is your badge, which is the pepper spray, your belt, minimum use of force, the radios, your body cameras, going back to the colonial gray would prevent that from happening or make it more difficult. So it is not the color that is going to assist in making it difficult. It is the type of and the quality of the uniform, which is what we were using and we intended to use. Um, so it can change, but always trying to, we have now police service, we have senior officers want to go back to the old time days. The old time days are gone. We need to move with the times and 21st century policing, the type of uniform, the equipment, the technology, the training is what can transform the Trinidad Tobago Police Service. We saw it then just a year ago. It is just a uh, reboot. Mm. And what percentage of the TGPS you think is rogue or corrupt? It is a very small percentage and it is unfortunate. When you look at Trinidad and Tobago Police Service, what they achieved during COVID, all over the world, we saw police officers in confrontation with, with citizens. We saw police officers abandoning their posts. Not one police officer abandoned their post in Trinidad and Tobago. Not one confrontation took place. It shows the professionalism, the dedication to duty, the morale and motivation if you have the right leadership. However, there were rogue elements, but what I did, I put systems to make life difficult for them. Polygraph testing, um, uh, drug testing, having covert operatives, move them away from specific locations if i see they were involved in certain things they did not want that it affected big business there were three major elements that i saw police corruption one was the firearm where police officers will deliberately be holding back firearm applications in stations for years expecting funds when i changed that that's where they whispered to ministers gary but uh, gary gary was affecting their business so they whispered to the ministers and the ministers bought the rum shop too now they're, we're back to 
to applications being held at stations for bribes. Then we had police officers, just about a couple hundred, claiming that they work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, throughout the month, licking $70,000. It was over $140 million in overtime corruption. I put an end to it. They were upset. They whispered to their minister friends, we need to get rid of Gary Griffith. And then the third one were police officers securing drug blocks, using the vehicles to escort and um, um, protect other elements by putting the GPS tracking the vehicles, by transferring them from those locations, it minimized that possibility. We also did polygraph testing for them in specific locations, especially in the Southwestern Peninsula, based on the illegal trade of drugs, uh, human trafficking, and weapons. Those are the things that should be reignited, but it is a very small percent. It minimized those persons because the product of opportunity was minimized based on the things I did. Now they've gone back, the product of opportunity is there because certain officers whispered to politicians, we need to get rid of Gary Griffith because he's affecting big business. Gary, I'm getting messages here on my message board and, and a majority of them are asking, uh, before we head up to the news, I need to ask these because there's so many. Um, how can one individual get 10 firearms? Uh, again, you, you, you want to, let us go to the individual. It is, there are two individuals or three individuals. An individual may be involved in sport. If you're involved in sport, you will have about five different firearms because it is competitive. If somebody is involved in agriculture, you can have different weapons. You can have a .22 to shoot maniku, and then you have a normal firearm. But that has become, that is the concern. That is the concern. How many legal firearms have been used to commit a crime, have been stolen, have been lost, have been used to commit a murder? Not one. So the people who are complaining about legal firearms, we know which side of the fence you on. You have more concern about law-abiding citizens having legitimate firearms, whether it is one, three, five, or seven. How many have been lost, stolen, or used for a crime? And that is, and that the point is, it is virtually irrelevant. That's just like saying, well, somebody has three or four or five cars. If you use your car to commit a crime or you abuse the use of the car, that is different. That is your concern. Your concern is not about 100% of the thousand plus murders committed by the use of firearms in the last three years have been by illegal firearms. But you are writing to one, you sending a message, how could one person get 10 firearms? You're not concerned. You're not concerned about illegal firearms. You're concerned about legitimate firearms. And let me tell you, the same prime minister who had the concern, the list is long and distinguished of government ministers who harassed me, intimidated me to get firearms for them. And it was given because we did, however, on a stringent approach, making sure that they had all the requirements to get it. And that is what is important. Look at the three years I had. Not one was lost. Not one was stolen. Not one was used to commit a crime. Not one was used to commit a murder. 100% of all murders will buy illegal firearms, but people are texting, how could one man get, get a few guns? Unbelievable. It says so much about Trinidad and Tobago. There's good and there's evil. And let me tell you something, there are evil forces in this country that have a legitimate, they have an agenda and they have done everything in their power. To, and my job is to do what is right to ensure that good could overcome evil in this country. This country, we need a lot of prayers. We need to have people stepping out right now and standing firm and say enough is enough business sector, all of the chambers, instead of calling me and harassing me and complaining, step up and stop worrying about your business and losing state contracts. Tell the Prime Minister, enough is enough. We need to try to work together as a team, circling wagons, for the benefit of Trinidad and Tobago. All right, well, Gary, this is where we're going to leave it this morning. So I want to thank you so much for being on the Power Breakfast Show once again. Thank you. All the best to you. Have a good one. Take care. All right, we'll keep in touch. Thank you for choosing Power 2 Digital. 
Listen every weekday for our live show starting at 6 a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital.